Hey guys, Kill Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the dream scenario of what if 80% of traders were winners. Now, I didn't just make this up. This is based off of, or this is a question that came from a conversation I was having, but it allows us to talk about some very interesting subjects and really dispel some myths that a lot of newer traders believe. I know we talk about a lot of different subjects here on the Trading Coach podcast, but it's always good to kind of go back to the basics for those who are brand new, those who are just learning how to trade. And if we can kind of debunk and dispel some of those initial thoughts that you may think are right, but aren't really right, it can go a long way to help in the future. And the conversation started with um, really a back and forth on Instagram. I'm actually having it right now. The little three dots are blinking. So the guy is uh, texting me or DMing me right now as we speak. Um, But it was a trader I was working with who's working on coding a system on uh, loss recovery. So like when traders are in drawdowns, different techniques and and tactics to make up for those drawdowns. So we've been talking about a lot of things. Um, Martingale, we've been talking about biggest drawdowns, uh, losing streaks. And we got to the point where he was asking me what was, you know, my average risk and I, or what, what do I consider to be an average or a high risk in the market? And I said, hey, I think if you were to risk anything over 3% on any given trade, meaning 3% of your trading account, that's generally considered uh, among the professional traders, at least, a very high risk. And he went on to tell me about a trading friend of his who's been trading for eight years. He risked 23% per trade. And, you know, this probably doesn't come as any surprise, but he hasn't been successful. And how that is so, um, you know, obviously a, a, a lot of risk. And, you know, he was talking about how can I help him and whatnot. And I said, hey, this is why you see the failure rate so high in trading. This is why you hear stories about you know, 90 plus percent of traders failing is not because they just don't know what to do, but they are, they just aren't willing to change their mindset on what trading is. And somehow down this rabbit hole, we got onto the conversation of, you know, what would it be like if 80% of traders won and would brokers go out of business? Would they increase spreads and all this fun stuff? And I ended up kind of wanting to talk about this with you because a lot of you guys probably don't know how brokers work and what brokers do. Brokers kind of get a bad rep in our industry for, you know, some deserved and and some undeserved, right? The deserving are going to be the scammy brokers out there. Now, I started trading, uh, I got into Forex at least back in 2008, 2009. And Back then, it was a much newer market. Um, there wasn't any regulation. There's regulation now, or, or you know, at least here in the U.S. Um, and there was a lot of shady stuff that went on. There were a lot of brokers out there that took advantage of the the new wave of interested gamblers. Right, pretty similar to what we see. We saw it with binary options. Pretty similar to what we saw with crypto as well. Where so as soon as crypto got popular, you know, everyone's a crypto dealer. You can buy crypto through anyone, and a lot of people were pretty shady. And so there are shady brokers like that. There are there are scammy brokers out that uh, like that as well. But fast forward to 2022, not as many. I can only speak for us here in the U.S. There are only literally a handful of brokers that we can trade the forex market with. And honestly, if you're not one of those top brokers, you're you're probably dealing with someone who is a scam. And 
the idea is that brokers would go out of business if 80% of traders were successful is ridiculous. But a lot of people think that brokers are scam artists. A lot of people think that brokers are sitting there watching the positions that you take and betting against you and manipulating the market so that you're stopped out. And the honest truth is that that's not what brokers do. Now, there will be some brokers that actively trade as well. The thing is, those brokers don't care if you win or lose. They're not trying to manipulate the market. They're really trying to put you in a category. If you are a bad trader, they may take the opposite position, right? If you are in that way, they can capitalize off your failures. Um, it's not manipulating your actual trade. They just know that, hey, if you stink and you're going one way, I'll probably just go the other way because there's a good chance of me making money, right? Um, and the other category are the good traders. So if a broker categorizes you as a good trader, they will take a position on the same side as you because again, hey, you're good. You're probably making the right call. It's easy for me to make the right call alongside of you. So there are brokers that are active traders and like and, and do that as well, but most brokers are not. Most brokers and all brokers simply act as a middleman. And, and it's, a, it's a great business. I mentioned this in the podcast before, because what that means is that they don't care whether you win or lose. They don't care about the outcome of your trade. All that matters to them is that you keep trading. Why? Right? Because that is how they make money, right? They get a certain quote from their data provider. They provide you a quote to buy or sell that's a little bit higher, right? So let's put this kind of a, a simplified term, right? Let's say that I'm getting a, I'm looking around my, my house for something that I would sell you. Let's say I am buying a cup, right? I buy cups, I sell mugs, right? I am the broker, right? Let's say whatever I, who, you know, I get it, that cup from my distributor for $1, right? And this is any store you can think of does this. This is called margin, right? I get my cup from my distributor for $1, right? I buy it for $1. I put it in my store. I mark it up for buy another dollar and I sell it to you for $2, right? So every time you buy a cup from my store, I make a dollar of profit because I upped the price by $1 from what I initially paid for it. Again, this is how stores, this is how businesses make money. This is the margin. Your broker is the same way. They get a specific price quote at a specific dollar figure or whatever your currency is, right? And then they mark it up a little bit for your personal quote. So whenever you place a trade, right, with whatever your position size is, they are getting paid from you taking the trade, right? So the idea is that a broker doesn't want or doesn't care that you're winning or losing. They just want you to take trades, right? This is why you'll see some brokers try to, you know, convince you to doing, you know, just be a scalper, be a short-term trader, be a day trader and execute 100 trades a day because they're getting paid off the frequency of transactions. The more transactions you make, the more money they get paid. So when speaking to this trader and, and saying that, hey, brokers would be out of business if 80% of traders are winners, I actually thought the opposite, right? I actually thought that brokers would, you know, their business would flourish because you think about it like this, right? There is a, a very high turnover in trading, right? We know that 90% of traders, 90% of traders don't fail, right? There is, you know, I would, I would probably say that number is, if you had to break it up by percentages, kind of use the whole Mark Douglas triangle. You got 
10% of traders that are successful, right? Probably half of those are super successful. So you got 10% that are successful at the top, meaning consistently profitable traders. They're making good money, making a good living, maybe not trading full time off of it, but you're, you're doing better than the average person. Then there's a block of probably about 40 to 50% in the middle who are the boomer busters. These are the traders that you know, maybe you're making a little bit, maybe you're losing a little bit, you're, you're not making enough to kind of change your life in any significant way. But you're also not losing enough to kind of quit the game, right? You got that taste and every once in a while you do good and then you probably blow it back, blow it all, right? So then there's another 40 to 50% or, you know, say 40% um, at the bottom who are just complete failures, right? Those are the ones that fail right away. So the brokers know that these numbers, they know 90% of traders will lose 90% of their money in the first 90 days, right? So their job is to get you to trade as much as you can within those first 90 days. That way they can make as much money off of you before you decide to quit, right? And people that quit, those are the people that really aren't serious about trading to begin with. They probably heard about it, thought it was a get rich quick scheme, thought it was gambling, and then they're moving on to the next thing, right? You see it all the time, right? So you're, you're losing that 30% after those first 90 days, no matter what, which means you're only stuck with 70% of the pie, 70% of your customers are staying. So it's this high turnover. If 80% of traders were successful, right? Already that 80% is higher than the 70% that we had before. So not only are you keeping 80% of your clients, you're probably attracting a lot more clients, right? Because more, if, if imagine you hear net 80% of traders are successful. Think about how many, re I don't wanna say retail traders, how many, how, many, how many people that you know that aren't really interested in trading, how many of those will become interested in trading, right? And again, we saw it with crypto. When Bitcoin and, and a bunch of these cryptocurrencies were booming up like a thousand percent at a time, how many average Joes and Janes did you see start getting exposure to the crypto market, right? Now they're paying the price for it now, but, how many people did you know that had no experience in the market, had no idea what crypto was, but they flooded to it because it was the next hot thing? That That's what trading would be. Although in this scenario, it would be sustainable. So you'd have this, you'd have 80% of people that stay because they're successful, which is already higher than the, the 70%, right? But you'd have a much bigger, massive flood of new traders come in because when people are seeing the success, they're less scared. They want to be involved. They want some of their own. So it would actually be much better for brokers if more traders were successful. But again, we, we went into something that we need to kind of get rid of is this idea of how brokers make money. And I went on to have a conversation with this guy who was talking about, well, doesn't aren't there, you know, how can a broker make money if there aren't winners and losers? Because don't brokers give the winners the losers money, right? So when you lose in the market, your money goes to some winner. And again, that's not how the market works, right? When you lose a trade, it doesn't necessarily mean someone else wins a trade. So it's not like, hey, I lost this trade. The money that I lost on this trade goes to some random person on the other side of the world. No, right? The market is all about buyers and sellers. And I've adapted this philosophy into how I look at the price charts, how I read the price charts. I don't look at it as just candlesticks going ups and down. I look at it as the battle between the buyers and the sellers in the market and the understanding that buying and selling has nothing to do with winning and losing. So I'll give you guys another example. Let's say that I am buying whatever stock or you know whatever for currency for $10, right? Just give you a nice round number. And let's say that price goes up to $20, right? 
Well, if I want to cash out and take profit, right? I was a buyer. So if I want to cash out and take profit, I have to, right, be a seller. I have to sell the stake that I have in whatever I bought. Well, if I'm going to be a seller, I need someone to buy it for me, right? Or buy it from me, right? Now that person buying from me, right? Because I'm a winner in this case, because I'm selling because I made profit, right? That person that is buying it from me isn't necessarily a loser. It could be. It could be depending on where it's coming from. And, and, you know, we're not dealing with an individual basis here, but it could be. But it could also just be someone else that's interested in buying at that level. So there could be someone that is interested in buying at 20 because they thought 20 was a good deal and they want to get into the market at that price point. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get out of the market at that price point. So it's me selling to win to another person who's just entering a trade. So it's not necessarily winners selling the losers, losers selling the winners. There's no transaction like that. And not to get too technical here because this is a podcast and there's plenty of stuff on the YouTube channel if you want to see. But I think if you break that old way of thinking, winners and losers, buyers and sellers, or you know, blah, 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 like that, and think about it as buying and selling pressure, buying and selling habits. Where is this side interested in? Where is that side interested in? Regardless of if they're winning and losing, just as far as, hey, they're interested in this level as far as take profit or they're interested in this level as far as stop loss. I think it opens up a brand new kind of dimension of how you can look at the price chart. And I can only speak for myself personally and for the the thousands of clients that I've taught, um, it makes it easier to be a chartist. It makes it easier to to really read a price chart. And, and, and there's no such thing as perfecting technical analysis, but work towards that goal of perfecting your technical analysis. So again, I don't want to go too far into that. The main thing I want to get out of this podcast was kind of dispelling these myths about how the broker actually works. Because although it doesn't necessarily affect your trading it does affect your mindset and when we have these thoughts in our mind we start seeing things a little bit different on the chart we start fearing this we start fearing that and when we have that sort of false reality about trading it's really hard to execute in the way that we need to execute if we ever want to be consistently profitable traders. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I did mention the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed already, just make sure you go to youtube.com slash Akil Stokes or just enter Akil Stokes in the search thing and my channel will come up. Lots of video content on there teaching you technical analysis, teaching you a whole bunch of different tips and tricks about the markets. YouTube.com slash Akil Stokes or just search Akil Stokes. Enjoy.